Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast, where you can be inspired by the stories of active people from the great state of Texas and beyond. We also chat with people who can help keep you active, like our sponsor, College Station Physical Therapy and Performance. CSPT is a performance PT clinic who helps active people recover from injury, return to their active lifestyle, and reach their highest level of performance. Learn more about how CSPT can help you get back to doing what you love at collegestationpt.com. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host, and today we have special guests with us, Dr. Zach Jennings. Thanks, Brian. What's Glad up? to be here. Well, we've been wanting to have this forever since we hired you, actually. So um, <laughs> for a little background, Dr. Zach started with College Station PT and Performance uh, July 17th-ish, so about three months ago. And uh, we're just excited to kind of let you know more about who he is. Uh, he's definitely an active Texan. He, by definition, uh, I would say, what is an active Texan? And uh, my answer is Zach Jennings. <laughs> how, well, how does that make you I, feel? I like hearing that. <laughs> so all about the brand. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about, you know, where Zach grew up, kind of how he got into physical therapy. So he's a doctor of physical therapy. Um, and then a little bit about his family and then what he's doing right now. Uh, actually, so you just ran in a race this past weekend. How'd that go? I did. We're in the Oktoberfest half marathon. It was really humid. Um, I think that's the first thing everyone says about that race that yeah. I've talked to. Well, it went from, you know, weeks before it was that perfect kind of 60 degree morning. And then all of a sudden it was like 75 degrees with hundred percent humidity and just, wow, oppressive particularly coming from like cool weather, then switching to hot. That's always just not fun. So Zach, his probably main hobby, I would say is running. Oh yeah. Outside of, you know, maybe hanging out with the family, family, <laughs> family work. My me time is definitely running. So uh, Zach is an avid runner, I would say, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the things you've accomplished running, but, um, how would you say that race went? Uh, not the way I wanted to. Um, I definitely started way too fast and then just slowly melted away from there. Um, so I saw a quote, um, recently said that I don't know who it's from, but it says we play to win, but we learn through losing. Yeah. So did you learn anything? Oh yeah. Oh, I definitely <laughs> did. No, I'm actually, I've written a couple of blog posts and I'm actually the one I wrote this week is completely inspired by what happened on Sunday. So what's the, what's the little sneak peek into that? Uh, well, I'll just tell you it's start starting out too fast. That's definitely a component, <laughs> but the, the whole intro to it is, um, a little rewrite rewrite of a uh, Daniel powder's bad day. So yeah. had a bad day, taking one down. Yeah. Yeah, that one. That makes sense. That's kind of how we start that off. All right. <laughs> so it was a bad day, but it's still overall, like it was, it was fun. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a good race. Tell me what, what's this rate? What was it called? Uh, it, it was the Oktoberfest half marathon and 10 K, um, here in college station. And this is really the first kind of bigger run that I've done since we moved back to college station. And so it was fun seeing a lot of the people that I know that are runners you know, some of them we run together, some people that I just know run, but kind of getting everyone together in the same place, that's always really fun. So is that a little different from where you were before? 
Oh my goodness. Yes. So, where, so where did you move here from? So we moved here from Paris, Texas. You always have to throw Texas in there because yeah, it definitely wasn't France. Um, <laughs> Don't they have the little Apple Tower? There? Yeah, they have a little, what it's like 75 to 100 feet tall, but it's got a giant red cowboy hat on top. Nice. That's classic. Yeah. It used to be the high, the tallest Eiffel Tower outside of Paris, uh, but then... This place in Paris, Tennessee built one that was bigger. So Paris, Texas put the cowboy hat on top to make it taller. And then Las Vegas built like a full-size replica. And so now we're, well, <laughs> can't compete with that. Oh man, I didn't know that story. Yeah, I learned that. I don't know, not too long before we so moved. I've been to Paris, Tennessee, but never to Paris, Texas. No, that's kind of weird. You've never done the opposite, so. <laughs> Paris, Tennessee is pretty. It's got a nice state park there yeah. that we went to. Yeah. Um, so you, how long were you in Paris? We were there for just over a year. Um, we can back up a little more. Um, where Where are you from? Where Where'd you grow up? Yeah. So like you said, I am a Texan. I was born and raised in Wichita Falls. When you're a Texan now, even if you weren't born in Texas, you're still a Texan. Yeah, but it's it, it flows deep. It's, Especially in Wichita Falls? Yeah, because you're so close to the border. That you kind of take pride in the fact that you are Texas and the you're north not border. Yes, the north border between Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. That one. It's like ten miles between okay. from the Red River. So I mean, King of the Hill once referenced it as southern Oklahoma, which <laughs> kind of stings a little bit, but Yeah, you're a Texan. <laughs> um, did you live there your whole life growing up? Yeah, I lived there for eighteen years uh-huh. until coming down to A and M. So have you always liked to run? To a degree. Or run, whether it's running or like in a sport. Yeah. So I actually did summer track after like third grade and went to state in the mile. I got like 12th out of 14. So wasn't, wasn't the, a great thing. You there. Just say you got 12. Yeah. I will edit that part out. I got 12th <laughs> then, but no, my sport growing up was always soccer. I loved soccer. That was always my first sport. I started cross country like a lot of people because it helped me get in shape for soccer. Dude, I've told that people that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> About myself. Yeah. Well, I was. I don't think I knew that. I was the fat kid on the soccer team uh, coming out of middle school. Now we're not talking about me anymore. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I weighed like the exact same from like seventh grade through freshman year of high school just because I started running between eighth and ninth grade. and kind of like you squeezed my torso and I got taller and like, so I weighed the same. I just got taller, but I was running. So, and then once you get to college, I did intramurals in soccer and stuff in college, but it gets a lot harder to find people to play soccer with. Mm. I can wake up at five or six and go run by myself. So always was better at the longer distance anyway. And it just kind of morphed and evolved from, you know, from high school cross country into Marathons. Did that kind of come natural to you, the running distances, longer it, distance? Yeah, it for sure did. Um, so do you think that that's for sure a factor in people that are good at running longer distances? If there's some kind of natural genetic component? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, I mean, I would say anyone can learn to run and anyone can, you know, I would say most people could run a marathon if they wanted to. But if you look at Elliot Kipchoge, you, you can't deny that God gave him some gifts mm-hmm. and he's fast. Yeah. So 
in the strong heart. Oh yeah, strong heart. <laughs> like he was born, his, raised, all that stuff. I like to see his heart. <laughs> I need, you know, not now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's also like part of like his culture and like where he's from. Um, mm-hmm. That's a factor too. I mean, that's probably another factor outside of you know the genetics of it. But um, so, you did you play any other sports besides? I mean, you ran cross country starting in junior high. Yeah, so high I, school. I was telling, I saw someone that yesterday. They had middle school cross country, but they I think we ran like three. Else, so. We ran like three races, maybe in the two years that I was in middle school. Um, but they had it now. Um, I mean, oh yeah, it's it's more. But I don't think there was middle school cross country in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, we had yeah a little younger. It was so. I guess they didn't have it when you were there. They were kind of dabbling with it when I was, and now the this generation gets to enjoy the two mile runs more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. We didn't have a ton. It was just kind of a couple of runs in mm-hmm. town. You didn't really travel. But were you playing club soccer? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I through, think I've asked you this before. You weren't playing for the Rowdies. No, Is I played the for Rowdies team there. Not, not anymore. Do you know who I'm talking about? I, I don't. Everyone that I knew played for Express, and then there was like a branch of like the Club Genesis. Hmm. They were a club that was based out of the Dallas area. Maybe I'm wrong about the Rowdies. Okay. I'm going to have to <laughs> look that up Express. at some point. Um, I, could, I, I may be totally wrong on the name of that team, but <laughs> I, I'd have to ask my parents. I played club soccer in North Texas. Yeah. Um, it was just with the – we were the ASA Strikers – it wasn't one of the big clubs like Texas Lightning or Legend. I don't know if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably don't exist anymore, but um, they've been absorbed by bigger clubs yeah. um, like Dallas Texans, maybe. Oh, yeah, we played a, something like that. Solar, there's Solar. Solar, Texans, Tejanos were a team that we played sometimes. Yeah, we were just a rec team that became a club team. And so yeah. we were never like at that higher level, but we did play teams from Wichita Falls. Yeah. Because it's only a couple hours. Yeah, we, maybe two and a half, two it, an hour and a half. Uh, it depending on where we were playing. If you're to Arlington, it was like right at two to get to a field. Okay. But I don't think we ever went there. Oh no, people didn't. <laughs> they always came to us. Oh yeah, that's if you wanted to play. And if you go up there and play, and you're just playing on like concrete. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Right. Like, what were the fields like there? They were. I mean, if you didn't have a sticker in the ball, you were doing real good. Stickers and. Stickers, dirt, dirt ant, ant hills, good number of those. Because um, a lot of soccer is played in the winter. Yeah, and so what grass you do have is dead, mm-hmm. and then the little dry grass stalks freeze, and then it's just, it wasn't fun. I look at where my kids play soccer now, and I'm like, those those would have been the best fields we would have played on, mm-hmm. and my six-year-old plays on it. Oh, you're talking about the veterans? Yeah, like yeah. veterans or then, even Bachman, those places. The here. fields in College Station are like immaculate, I would say, compared to other city fields. They're not yes. like Kyle Field or Ellis Field here in Texas. Right. Indiana. But um, that's that's something that actually um, the director of coaching at one of the clubs here mm-hmm. is a huge frustration for him because the cities have these beautiful fields that we can't use. Yeah. They close the grass fields all the time. <laughs> We can't use them. They won't line them at for seven v seven. Okay. Or four v four. Yeah. Not at veterans. And so, 
we have to put out cones. So like we can't even teach our young players how to play seven v seven on the field. So we go to games after their first you know few practices and get smothered or crushed. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got that deep into soccer, but that, <laughs> I think it's because we we both love soccer. Oh so, yeah. And most of most of soccer is running. Oh yeah. Um, and it's probably I guess one of the only sports you only use your feet. Except for the yeah. goalkeeper. I've never. Which actually, in my in my chunky years, I was the goalie, which didn't help my running any. But usually, goalkeepers, you know, they're not really soccer players. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, some would say that, but actually, I've seen a lot of goalkeepers who are the best player. They would be the best player on the field if they were playing on the field. Yeah, um, the, the, maybe the higher level ones, like that, go and play in college. Mm -hmm. They're really good field players as well. Yeah. Um, so you started getting up. 5 a.m. when you're in college and running? Uh, so 5 a.m. didn't really start happening until I got married. Okay. But I was definitely the kid. I woke up. I was probably the first person to wake in my dorm freshman year more than once, um, particularly trying to get some long runs in. Because mm -hmm. I used to do my long runs on Sundays, and so I'd go run before church. Um, but, I mean, if you wake up at 7 a.m. on a Sunday as a freshman in college, people think you're oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you have an 8 o'clock class. Even that, that's early. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Particularly after football games the night before, you're like, just go straight to your dorm and go back to bed and did wake you, up and run. You run on Sunday morning? I did. I've changed that now that I've gotten a little older, but yeah. that was that was college. Yeah. Um, my college roommate ran cross-country at Ole Miss my freshman year. Okay. He was definitely the first one up in the dorms. and So we stayed in the dorm, and I would wake up to him doing push-ups in the morning at five in the morning or maybe he was either he had just gotten out of bed or he was coming back from a eight mile run and then yeah. he was doing 100 push-ups or something yeah. um it was maybe it was when he got up and he was just warming up or something before he went out to run mm. but yeah I mean, he was actually running for the cross-country team though yeah i never i never ran for a&m i had a lot of friends that ran today actually i lived kind of like you i lived with he was the best man in my wedding i lived with him and he ran cross and steeple for a&m mm. So. so you were around at all the college, and when would you say like you got addicted? Um, I'm assuming you're addicted. Probably freshman running. year. Okay. Yeah, it's, it sounds harsh to say addicted, but it's for sure true. Yeah. I mean, I ran my I ran my first half marathon after junior year of high school, and so by the time I came to college, I'd done three half marathons. I did my first full freshman year in January, so. Where, where was your first goal? Walt Disney World. No way. I'd never been to Disney World. Okay. If my parents ever hear this, they're going to deny this story. Because they say I went to Disney World when I was little. I was like 18 months. I was scared of Chippendale. I was like, this doesn't count. And so I wanted to go to Disney World and I wanted to run a marathon. I was like, well, why not run in the happiest place on earth? Yeah. And so you did the, the dopey? No. No, no, no. no. <laughs> That's where you do a five, ten, half full. Yeah, it, I don't right. remember. I, it, they've the got so many of those things now. Yeah. But yeah, you were on like three days in a row for that. This was just the Disney marathon. This was just the marathon on that Sunday. Okay. Just the marathon. So some people go and do it and, and just do the marathon, but it's still the same day. The yeah, day so it's like a whole weekend where they have like some smaller races, I think on like the Friday. They have their half marathon on Saturday, and they have their full on Sunday at least. I this think it's is, four days. The Dopey Challenge is four days straight, right? Maybe. I mean, this was in or 20... Unless they do the 10 and the 5 on the same day. Yeah. This was in 2010, so they may have changed it. 
somewhere in the yeah. past. I just have a friend years. trying to get me to do it, and then <laughs> keep denying. Deny, yeah, deny, deny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it doesn't sound that crazy after you've done other stuff that's longer than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at you thinking, I think that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, it probably wouldn't actually. Um, so I mean, that was your first marathon. You were 18 years old, basically, and 19. Yeah. And um, have you improved since then? I've gotten a lot better. So well, actually, do you remember your time for your first one? It was somewhere in the 320 range. Okay. I actually had, hypothermia, had hypothermia when I finished. It was like 28 degrees when we started in Orlando, Florida. What? Had to crack. Well, they started this race at like 5 a.m. So the sun didn't come up until you finished. It was cold. Oh, man. Had to like crack the water, like the ice cups to get the water. <laughs> and I was not dressed for a marathon in Florida. Or I was dressed for a marathon in Florida, not one that was 28 degrees. Mm. So I was cold. I, I was in medical tents for like an hour with like hot water bottles under my arms. And so I, you were wearing a tank top and shorts? Like yeah. Shorts I had shorts. the thin Under Armour, like the turf Under Armour that basically just covers you, but there's no warmth. I had that on underneath and that was it with some gloves that got soaked from water. Because you're trying to break the ice. Yeah. <laughs> did you, how did you fuel? during that first marathon i think did i used goos okay I've, I've traditionally used goo and you just did it gels. just aid stations just grab them um, or you carry them honestly i don't remember what i did i now i carry my own so this was but, 2010 yeah okay so they've at that point i'm just thinking about like how running's evolved it's evolved a lot in it the last 15 years just 15 years probably oh yeah 20 years with the technology of even like music, like people running with music or yeah. um, belts that you can put on to yep. put your your um, number on your bib mm-hmm. and fuel. Yeah. Like, did they even have that in 2010? I don't Maybe know, like a pocket. I remember getting the shorts, like they had a pocket in the back, like one little zipper. Uh-huh. And I was always like, what is that for? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've always had those, but like if you wanted to run with music, you had the iPod arm sleeve mm-hmm. and with like little spinny wheel, yeah, spinny wheel iPods. So you're and the cords, the cords bouncing everywhere. You'd like try to like slide it through your shirt so it wouldn't yeah. bounce as much. But do you run with music? I like once or twice a week. Uh, I, some. My problem is I sweat a ton when I run, and so I actually ruined. I've ruined too many headphones to count, and I killed at least one iPod. I I eventually went to the iPod shuffles that were like little clip-on things. Oh yeah. But I killed at least five of those before I decided. No they warranted a few of them. They were like, okay, yeah, but they wouldn't. They were like, are you running in the rain? Are you <laughs> I mean, swimming in it? Have you ever like, lived in College Station in the summer? Yeah. Might as well be raining off my head. So you were, you, you started your running career off like freshman year but then did it just like escalate fat quickly from there or did you just kind of college it was just kind of here and there no it was it was it went pretty quick from there because i ran that first marathon and realized okay i can go faster like i could tell like if i do this better Mm -hmm. i can i can do better and so i think i could be i think my next marathon was that same december in 2010 
someone's probably going to go look on like Athlinks and be like, no, it was 2011 and you did this and this. But I think it was 2010 in Dallas, I actually qualified for Boston. No, it would have been later than that. It would have been 11 that I qualified for Boston. Which was for 18 to 24 year olds? Mm hmm. That was, that was, that was old. 20 to 24. Uh, it, it, I think it was just like under 25 or something. Okay. I don't remember. But it was, what was the time, qualifying time? It was actually 310 back in the day. Cause I, so I ran like a 308 ish. That's what it was. I ran a 308 in Dallas and then got registered. And then in 2011, I ran the BCS marathon the first year and I ran a 304. Hmm. So I was able to. I used that time for like my placing in my corral at Boston, but I didn't qualify at that time. I qualified at White Rock the year before. Okay. So. And so that's not that much faster than your first one, but that's a big difference when you get down in that range. Oh yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> I mean, it's 12 minutes faster and then 16 minutes faster. Yeah. Um, and then as you were, like, I mean, what, so did you go to Boston like that year? Like you, you went? Mm -hmm. so I you went in 2012. 2012 was my first year. Cause you qualify, but then you still got to like register, sign up, pay for it. Right. Um, it's like a year. They just allow you to do it. Yeah. The next year. Right. Yeah. So like, depending on when you qualify, I mean, it was, it was a year and a half from, oh, wow. from Dallas in 2010 when I first qualified, I had to wait till September of 11 to register and then run in April of 12. Was that the, um, was that your goal? Were you trying to qualify for Boston? Um, or do you even know about Boston? I mean, I knew about it, but I think I was just kind of like, I'm just going to run and see what happens. And then when I, I realized in Dallas, I was like, oh, I just, I, I did that. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and um, then, so you went in April of 2012. Yes. And that was the first time, but you've done it more than once. I did it in 12 and 13. Were they, um, similar experiences or were they different? Uh, it could have been more different. Why? 12. Well, one big reason, but 2012 was really, really hot. It was like 75 degrees when we started that run and it was in the eighties when we finished, which most people are like, you're from Texas. You're used to the no. heat. Like not in, not no at that point in April, running, but if you're running now, yeah, it still doesn't matter. It's still it really stinking hot. Yeah. Like people were dropping like flies in that race and I cramped, I, I had a double cramp in both cabs on Boylston, like going towards the finish line. And I like kind of went down on my hands and feet for a second and had some people like kind of help carry me through the cramp. No and then I jogged across the line. Yeah. I don't know where that picture is, but there's a picture oh, somewhere. Yeah, a picture of it? There, there was at some point, it was probably on Facebook, but I deleted that. So, oh, whoops. <laughs> um, so that, that year was really hot. And then 13 was the bombing. So that was. I thought it was in 13. I thought it was 14. Mm -mm. Okay. So yeah, that made 13 a little bit more eventful. Yeah. You were there when all the, so that happened during the race though, right? Mm -hmm. So you were racing when I had just, I had finished. Hmm. It was how far away from you from where it happened. So where we were, we stayed at a hotel that was like three blocks from the finish line. So about four blocks from me, like I had gotten back to my hotel into like up to the room. I don't remember exactly the timing of every single thing that happened at that. But I remember it was me my mom, my dad, and my oldest sister were in the hotel room. And we heard 
we heard the bombs go off, but we sound it sounded like those big like dumpsters that are behind all the restaurants and things, the big metal ones. Yeah. It sounded like someone dropped one. Mm-hmm. Just like real loud and echoey through kind of like the downtown area. And you heard two of them and you're like, that's really weird. Yeah. Could you see anything from your hotel? No, not the way we were facing, but like I actually went to sleep. Um, I showered real quick and went to sleep. My parents and sister went to go get food. Because y'all didn't know what it was. No, we had no idea. Oh my goodness. And then I woke up from some of my friends in college texting me and being like, hey, dude, are you okay? We just heard what happened. I mean, I just ran a marathon. I was like, I ran a marathon. Like, I've been better in my life. But then I was like, that's kind of a weird text. And so I turned the TV on and it just happened to turn on to like CNN and it showed like the finish line and like the smoke and all that stuff. I was like, what? Hang on. It's like, that, that's out my window. So it happened right by the finish line. Yeah. And um, so then they probably closed all that off. Like, you just, they make everybody stay like in their, where they were. So it was. It was kind of chaos and there wasn't a whole lot. They shut down the subways. They actually killed the cell service in downtown. And so like, I couldn't get in contact with my parents for a little bit, which was kind of scary. Hmm. Cause I was like, Oh, bombs just went off and I can't, can't get a hold of my parents. What's going on. But they were able to post on Facebook that they were okay. I called my sister who was in Austin and she had seen their post on Facebook. And so like, I mean, we were two blocks away, but. Facebook is useful. Yeah, see, I shouldn't have deleted it. It's got a cool picture on it. And yeah. You're able to let everybody know you're okay. Yeah. Now so, you can actually actually mark yourself safe. Yeah. That's I think that's, that's essentially started. I don't know if I don't think it started from that, but I know it's like that's what they had that in mind of or, Facebook started from the guy in Zuckerberg that was there in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> right, didn't he? Yeah. Or, or, so but that day was crazy. And like my sister actually had her turned in her SIM card to like the FBI because she, there's a picture of me running on that road. Again, there's a picture of me. Um, and it's like, I was running right by where the bomb went off and like she took a picture of me. And so they wanted to see like any evidence yeah. at all. And so she turned in her SIM card and how did they figure that out? They, they approached her because they like looked up. No, she, she just kind of thought, she could uh like i think on the news at that point they were already saying like hey, if anyone has any information or anything that may help you know they want like they were basically saying nothing is too insignificant and she yeah. had dire- like a photo directly across from where the second bomb went off and so she's like i should she copied the pictures to her computer and then turned in this sim card too yeah. so i don't think she ever got that back probably not <laughs> did, did she charge him for it no, no i'm sure um but the- that's that's crazy i mean any other what else happened that day i mean the the hardest part of that day was not knowing and so like i had a flight out that evening i was flying back into houston and driving to college station and so i had to walk like a mile and a half through downtown with my luggage because the the subways were all closed Hmm. to get to a train that would get me to the airport we didn't know if they were going to have the flights on going so i got to the and they're basically like you just have to come to the airport and we'll just see if we're still going. They're like, as far as we know, we're going, but they may shut us down. So I went, actually flew back, got back to Houston. Everyone on the plane clapped when we landed in Houston because we all just came from Boston. Um, And then my favorite story from that day is I was driving into College Station 
just like exit exited off of highway six where it just split straight onto texas for those people that know that road yeah and the speed limit drops because you go from a highway to a just like a street well a cop pulls out behind me mm -hmm. i'm in my truck and i have i think i had my boston sticker from the year before on the back window my luggage was in the bed of my truck i was wearing my boston jacket and the police officer kind of comes up and he looks through my window so he pulled you up he pulled me over yeah. oh he for sure pulled me over because i was i mean i was speeding yeah. it was also like 1 a.m i was kind of tired and ready to be home mm. he looked at me he goes and he said i think i don't remember that he was like where are you going or you know what, what's going on i said sir it's kind of been a long day yeah and he kind of looked around and he, you could tell he like registered it he's like oh you just you were in, you were in boston like, yeah yeah he's like just he goes just slow down <laughs> And I was like a half mile from my house at that point. So oh, man. that's actually the only time I've ever gotten away with a warning. Not that I've yeah. been pulled over a ton, but. I think I've only gotten away with it once because my kids were in the car. Yeah. I feel, I feel pretty validated. Yeah. That's I mean, as a college good. kid in a college town getting with away with a warning. <laughs> that's pretty good. I count that as a win. So. Oh, man. Well, that's amazing. You got to experience. Not got to. Maybe that's not a wrong word. But that you did yeah. go through those experiences in Boston very yeah. different the first one is just the glory of boston marathon yeah. um second one was followed by something a tragedy that no one ever expected or mm -hmm. hoped would ever happen to any you know something like that no but that out came from that you know boston strong and a well, lot of things came out of that um yeah uh because of what happened so mm -hmm. have, have you gone back since then i haven't been back i've been qualified um, but just with getting married, having kids, going to PT school, there were a few different times that's like, I could have gone, but I was like, we can't, I can't go all the way to Boston right now to run that. So I haven't gone back currently not qualified to go back. So that's kind of what I'm working on right now is I want to go back. All right. Well, <laughs> that's one of the last things we'll talk about is what's gonna, what's in the future. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. All right. Then after you, um, so you've run Boston a couple of times, you went to Texas A&M, got your undergraduate degree. And then when did you start thinking about doing physical therapy? Um, I really, it was always kind of there and I've always really liked helping people get better at what they're doing. Um, I did a sports and performance internship out in Tyler, Texas at a place called APEC, um, for the spring of 2014. We were working with like professional athletes, some college athletes, a lot of high school kids, and then some adult training. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of made me realize I didn't want to do like the professional athlete, high intensity strength and conditioning, just because you kind of have to have a, you have to be on. There's kind of a mindset and just a strong, almost bullish personality. Don't not to offend anyone that's doing that currently. Um, it just wasn't the right personality kind of fit for me. Um, but I ended up coming back to AM for my master's in exercise physiology. And then kind of through that and talking to some of the, one of the professors on campus, he was like, well, have you thought about PT? I was like, I mean, I've kind of thought about it. And he got me in contact with um, the director of the program at Angelo State, kind of talked to her about it. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so applied and ended Did up. Did you already have all the prereqs? Yeah, I had all the because uh, you had your undergrad in um, 
what was your undergraduate degree in exercise physiology? No, that was master's. Yeah, my undergrad was motor control, motor which control. A&M basically uses as a pre-PT degree. Okay. Um, so I had all the prereqs except for medical terminology, but that's they just require like proof that you've taken it at some point. So I took that online. It was super quick, super easy. Yeah. Um, and then went to Angelo State for PT school. Well, yeah. you were also... Um, asked to do something else before going to PT school. You were kind of involved with a Mercy Project here? Oh yeah. So when I was doing my master's, um, I actually worked as the assistant to the race director. I was the Dwight Schrute of the BCS Marathon for a while. I got to work with um, both Bob Appleton and Dan McLean for a little bit, helping put on the races. And I was the dude that showed up at 5 a.m. to start unloading the pod and volunteer coordinating and all of that stuff. So that was really fun to see that side of running. Cause that's such a big part of what I do. Yeah. So I love that. You got to see the back end and what goes into actually getting a race off the mm -hmm. ground and running. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and if anyone ever asks you, don't try to do them both on the same day. It's really hard. Oh, how do you know? I've done that once. <laughs> so you got there and helped set up aid stations the day of the race and then raced. Yeah, I did it for one of the the first year that the Oktoberfest was at Kyle Field. I helped. Actually, I wasn't even working for them anymore, but I did agree to help kind of do the aid stations that year. So I set up the aid stations, parked the truck, put my shoes on, ran it, got back in the truck, and tore all the aid stations back down. Three, day, three days after my daughter was born. Oh, Awesome. You weren't getting any sleep. No, that was, that was, that was, that was your first. That's the only time I've done your that. first daughter. Then? Yep. Okay, yeah. Okay. That's 2016. Um, there's uh, one of our friends did that this time, this weekend, last weekend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I talked to him about it. I was like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So that's just because you can't say no. <laughs> Have a hard time saying no. So it sounds like, and so you decided, I mean, they were, they, they kind of recruited you to do more, right? For the marathon? Yeah. Did they want you to, how do they feel about you going to PT school? I mean, they were happy uh, for I mean, you, but it's like. So after I finished my master's, I actually kind of worked some other place. I worked, um, did some other jobs, some like full-time jobs. Cause I was just doing part-time for the BCS marathon, but mm -hmm. it was definitely hard. It was hard to leave cause I really loved it. Yeah. Well, maybe something like that's in the future. We'll see. Yeah. And so then you, when did you get your CSCS, the Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist? Mm -hmm. So that was something that ASU, Angelo State, offered kind of along with their PT program. That's just cool. It was like a, I think it was, I don't remember if it was a formal class or just kind of a separate seminar sort of thing, but we, the way, because of COVID, we did it online um, where we like, one of the professors who had his CSCS would just kind of take you through, you know, the test, some of the, some of the physical tests that you have to know for your CSCS and some of the lifts and all that stuff. Hmm. Um, I already had my exercise physiology masters at that point. So it was kind of, most of that was kind of review, but yeah. took the test while I was also in a clinical rotation and passed it. Awesome. All right. And now are you, did you get to a point, did you, are you utilizing that with your PT degree? Oh, absolutely. 
I love the performance side of things. You know, we, we kind of get to do it. CSPT is great. I love taking some of that knowledge and kind of employing it into, it definitely makes, I think a lot of therapists kind of know some of the stuff, but they don't piece everything together in the way they do it. Um, just other uh, places I've been elsewhere, you know, here it's like, oh no, we put it together, we get to use it and we get to yeah. work with athletes who are doing the performance things too. Yeah, there's definitely a difference in traditional physical therapy versus performance physical therapy. I think that's probably the key yeah. difference is the the level of progression. Yeah. And the level of activity and like blending those two together, the mm-hmm. strength and conditioning with physical therapy, uh, which I think is a pretty good blend. Yeah. So that's performance physical therapy. Yeah. It's a, it's a new breed of PT. Yeah. Honestly, it's probably what we should all be, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I think there's a place for the traditional, um, physical therapy uh, right. because of the different levels of activity that people are at. Yes. Uh, but you know, that's that, you know, we have the same vision of like what, what we, the kind of people we want to be, but also the kind of people we want to help. Yeah. Um, they're kind of similar. Right? Yep. I mean, <laughs> yep. Very you, kind similar. Of want to, you kind of want to be the person that you're trying to help. Right. Um, and so you went to PT school, um, you have CSCS, you then, you, so you're married, have a few kids, mm-hmm. three kids. Three kids. Um, and you, you went, you went to Paris, but then uh-huh. now you're here. Yeah. So how'd you get there? That was the Lord God <laughs> God pretty much brought us to Paris yeah. or well, both to Paris and college station. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, I think if you asked us when we were moving to Paris, we all, we, Sarah and I both said this probably isn't forever. It could be, but just kind of felt like it may not be. Uh, but then we ended up adopting our son who has some, fairly significant special needs. Um, we adopted him. He came home with us in September of 21. Um, he had heart surgery in 22. So back in February, he had heart surgery. He was in the NICU in Dallas for like a month. And so we just kind of realized that his needs, he had a lot of needs that the city of Paris couldn't necessarily meet. I have some medical things. My, one of my, my middle daughter has some medical things. Like, okay, so the medical care isn't right there. Um, we weren't very close to family. We needed to, we wanted to be closer to family. And then, yeah, I was, I didn't, I don't love the kind of traditional physical therapy model of practice. And so, you know, it's not why we left, but it was like, okay, if there's something better out there, let's look. And yeah. And one thing you, you had said was, a big difference between there and here, Paris and College Station, is that there's other people that run here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there, I'm not going to dog on my friends that ran in Paris, but there were like eight total they were in eight. the whole city. Yeah, there are like eight to ten people that run in Paris. Did they ever run at the same time? Yeah, we ran at the same time. Some, like they would, I, they would meet at like a park downtown in Paris on Saturday mornings. And so I would kind of what I do here, I would run from my house. I would see them and kind of like wave at them before they would start. And then I'd keep going because we were just, there wasn't anyone that ran. There wasn't anyone for me to run with. That's the easiest way to say that. 
<laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> no one was fast to... enough for you. No, I'm trying to. That's okay. fine. That's, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, but fair enough. Here, there's a lot of faster people. Like, yeah. it's kind of humbling coming back. You're like, oh, I'm not as fast as I once was. Mm. Or even if I am as fast, like, oh, there's faster people here now. Yeah. That's fun. It's challenging. So there's definitely more runners. And oh yeah, easier to fit in. Yes. And, and and then also like with the physical therapy side of it, I mean, you've gotten to work with work with runners. Oh yeah, that's that's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun to even just like sit and talk for. A little. Sometimes it's hard because you're like, okay, I need to stop talking and actually do the therapy side of things because you can just get talking about running and yeah. So. I mean, it's okay to talk about running with runners. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe that's what they needed that day. <laughs> Somebody to talk to. Um, so do you have any other hobbies or activities that you like to do or that you do with your family or? Um, it, with family, we wouldn't, I just like being outside as much as we can. Um, right now, I mean, my old, oldest daughter just started playing soccer. So we're do, we're busy doing that. Um, I enjoy hunting when I'm able to go hunting. Um, I enjoy just any any of that stuff hunting hiking i'm not a huge fisherman um fish have never liked me and i don't really like them when you're from wichita falls there's like bass and catfish that's called seafood oh, nice. that's that's it and it's all fried <laughs> um sounds like mississippi yeah <laughs> so never big on fishing but anything else outside i'll i'll do it enough if it's a sport i'll i'll play it disc golf actual golf i've played tennis just for fun with friends racquetball mm. ultimate frisbee i love ultimate frisbee yeah, it's a lot of running yeah sprinting it's yeah. like soccer yeah <laughs> you seize your hands instead so it's like basically the same thing yeah it, they're very similar yeah which is why i probably liked it so much yeah lots of running and yeah so you get to have a little advantage if you like to run <laughs> yep and are, what about are you going to coach Coach some soccer at some point? I don't know. I've, 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 I've toyed with the idea. I think you're going to have to. Like, I don't know if you have a choice. I might at some point. <laughs> I probably will at some point. Some Somewhere down the road, even if Once it's Once the like, city finds out who you are on the, the board of the College Station Soccer Club, they're going to start asking, hey, you want to coach? Okay, so we're just going like, to not put this out there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Zach's not a coach, but, you know, yeah. physical therapists make pretty good coaches. Yeah. Especially the ones that have played soccer before. Played soccer for twelve years, fairly competitively. Yeah. yeah. So you don't. I mean, you don't have to um, learn anything. You're ready. Like, anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm not recruiting. Um, but I do currently coach soccer. Now, yeah. So. Uh, and what about this? Is something I just kind of wrap things up um, that I used to ask everybody. I've mm -hmm. done in a while for the podcast. Is there any kind of any activity or hobby that you would like to do that you have to do like tomorrow you need, you're going to do it that you've never done before. Like just pick something up and try it. Just something active. Is there anything that like, I want yeah. to do? Yeah. Um, like what's something you would want to try? Well, you never have tried. I've actually define never have tried. Okay. Well, you define it. Okay. <laughs> um, I've actually, kind of toyed with the idea of bow hunting recently. Uh, so like kind of archery, that sort of, th that sort of thing. Um, I've done like little, you know, $5 bows at summer camp, but 
never like that's it. very different yeah that's not the same thing. no it's <laughs> entirely different <laughs> yeah, we tried. Um, i did shoot my roommate's bow but it was i'm left-handed it was right-handed he was like six foot four and i'm five eleven he played on the Indian football team i obviously don't so like the everything was weird shooting that bow so yeah was it kind of hard oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it was super hard my, my arm was so just like janked up from the string burning down it because oh, i couldn't man. hold it the right way and so it was so i thought about doing that but there's a lot i mean i feel like i've tried most most things have you tried pickleball oh yeah okay <laughs> i love pickleball. pickleball's fun um what what really you've tried everything not everything i, everything. Everything. I have okay i have no intention of skydiving <laughs> have you been whitewater rafting yes you've been kayaking White whitewater kayaking, kayaking. Yeah. never whitewater kayaked uh, other kayak okay there's things you haven't done i know <laughs> bow hunting though that's the first hadn't heard that one before yeah uh, from anybody that we've asked so um anybody out there that likes to bow hunt let's let's find dr zach and teach him how someone may need it's to buy him a bow first yeah that's actually first on the list uh here they're not cheap <laughs> Um, well, awesome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Dr. Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we'll be really sharing good. this out with everybody. Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of The Active Texan.